After all the excitement of Resurrection Sundays calmed down, and while we're going back to another just a regular Sunday service, the Lord's still risen. He's still alive, and He's still saving souls. So, I mean, now the world tends to forget about Jesus Christ. Now they go on to the next big thing. I don't know what's the next big thing, uh, Mother's Day or something. But the, the, the world always has something else to go on to. But uh, the truth is, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And uh, we're going to keep on preaching Jesus Christ, trusting in Jesus Christ. And uh, we're going to see what the Lord has for us this morning. We're going to start there in Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. That's where we're going to start. Y'all want the good news or the bad news this morning? Yes, Which one do you want first? You want the good news or the bad news? Most people, <laughs> most people, most people want the bad news and then give me the good news. Well, let's, go, let's start with the bad news first. Look at uh, verse 5. Ch Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Let's start with the bad news. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Amen. Bad news. There's a lot of men I know that are trusting in other men. And maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. There's a threefold curse there in verse 5. What happens to a man that trusts in another man, that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord? What happens to a man like that? Well, verse 6 tells you, For, the Lord says this is what will happen to him, For he shall be like the heath. Now the heath is a little shrub out in the desert. He should be like a heath in the desert. And shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness and a salt land and not inhabited. That's a lonely, lonely place to be out in the middle of the desert, just a little shrub. The Lord says that's what you'll be like when God decides to curse you because you're cursed because you trust in man. You make flesh your arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. That's some, that's some bad news because there's a lot of men I know, a lot of women I know that live their life just like verse 5. But just like everything else in the Bible, if there's some bad news, just hang on because there's always some good news. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, I just pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit will move, lead, God, direct us this morning. Father, I pray it'd be like holy manna coming down. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that you'll give me that holy unction from you. Lord, it won't be my words, it'll be yours, Lord. Help us to lean and put our final authority only on your words, Lord God, your book, the King James Bible. Father, we believe in it, we trust in it, Lord, we trust in your word. Thank you so much for loving us and taking care of us, Father. I do pray a hedge of protection around every member here that's here this morning, Lord God, every member that's able to watch online, wherever they might be, Lord God, listening in, Father. But I pray for a blessing on them, Lord God, and I want to thank you for the liberty we have in this country to do what we want to do, serving you. And Lord, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray when we give the invitation, Lord God, that they'll now they'll come down, they'll bow down, and they'll receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving us again. Thank you for taking care of us. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Verse 5 says that you're cursed. That's some bad news. Cursed be the man. The first one it says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Trusteth in man. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie. God doesn't lie, but I'm going to tell you something about man. Y'all know this to be true. Man lies. Man will tell you a lie. The Bible says in Romans 3, 4, Let God be true, but every man a liar. Every man a liar. Every man I've met is a liar in one way or another. Every man, every man I've met is a hypocrite in one way or another. Every man, every woman I've met is a hypocrite in one way or another. 
You're, you're, you're leaning on falsehoods to think that just Christians are hypocrites. At least we're trying to live the right kind of life. I'm not, we're, none of us claim that we're doing a great job. We're just trying to live what the life the Lord wants us to do. Yes, we're hypocrites, but you're hypocrites too. And we're not going to get into all the details on that. Just meditate on that for a while. The world will lie to you. The preachers will lie to you. Your parents will lie to you. Your wife, your husband will lie to you. Everybody you know will lie to you. Don't trust anybody when it comes to that stuff. Man will lie to you. You're, 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 you're doing something cursed when you put your trust in another man. Amen. Trust in man that that man be Curse. When you go into another man for your, for your uh, spiritual nourishment, when you go into another man for your, your, your spiritual thirst that God gives every creature he's created, every man, every human being God's created, he gets that inner, gives them that inner desire to worship him. And we have a thirst for that. We might be worshiping our jobs. We might be worshiping our money. We might be worshiping another human being. We might worship our spouse. We might worship uh, a movie star. Uh, you see people worship everything and, and anything in this world. God's given us that deep down inside. But when you go to a man and you start putting your trust in man, God says, I got some bad news for you. You're cursed. Amen. You're cursed to do that. You know, you can't trust man. I was reading about old ben Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin, he would have an argument with somebody and he could see that they were winning the argument. He would say to them, he'd say, you know what, give me a day to think about it and I'll get back with you. Benjamin Franklin would go home. He's one of the first, ones that, first people in America to own a print shop. He'd go home. He'd get out his type, that, just like the Bible type, the type that is used in the Bible. He'd print out a page like it was coming out of the Bible that agreed with his point. And then the next day he'd show up and he would give his friends, see, even the Bible agrees with me. He'd just win the argument. He'd just, make up his own, he'd just make up his own rules, make up his own authority. That's what the world does. That's how the world will treat you. That's exactly how the world will treat you. I was reading another story about a baker, a baker and a farmer. And this baker was buying his butter from the farmer. And the, uh, the, the, the baker would buy, it, buy the pound, and he was getting in, and he started noticing that this butter coming in from the farmer was, getting, was weighing less and less. So this baker, he got enough of it, he weighed it up, and sure enough, this weighed a lot less than a pound, and he took that farmer to court to sue that farmer. Judge gets that farmer in front of him, the judge says, Sir, don't you have any scales to weigh how much your butter is? He says, No, sir. The farmer says to the judge, No, sir, I have no scales. And the judge says, well, how do you know what a pound is? He said, well, from the very beginning, when that baker started buying my butter, I said, you know what, I should do the right thing, start buying his bread. So I'd buy a pound of bread from him, and when I get that pound of bread, I would use that to weigh out how much butter I was giving back to him. <laughs> circular, circular reasoning, circular reasoning. That stuff comes back to bite you. Every man's, uh, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. I was reading another story about a, a preacher. This, this preacher's lie. Church members lie. Christians lie. Everybody I know lies. Don't trust in man. Don't put your trust in man. God says you're cursed to put your trust in man. I read a story about a preacher. He said, next Sunday I'm going to be preaching on lying. And for I want y'all to get ready for that sermon. Y'all go home and read Mark chapter 17. Next Sunday rolls around, the preacher gets up and he says, I want to know, how many of y'all read Mark uh, 17 like I asked you to? And the majority of the people's hands raised up. He said, there is no Mark 17. That's exactly why I'm preaching this sermon this morning. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And maketh his flesh arm. The second curse of man, the bad news for you, the second curse that man puts on somebody is making his flesh his arm. When you put your trust in physical strength and power, you're cursed, said God. Cursed be the man that puts his strength 
in his flesh, in a physical strength. Guys, if there's anything we know in this church, and being uh, older Christians, we know you can't rely on your health. Amen. You can't rely on it. Health is wealth. And if you can keep yourself healthy, you're going to be wealthy. Wealthy in the Lord. Wealthy, but there's uh, brothers and sisters, you can't trust what the Lord's going to bring on you tonight. Amen. Nobody knows. You can't trust in your health. James 4.14 says, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth Amen. away. Amen. God's never promised anybody in here how many years you have. No, but God's never promised anybody in this room that's listening to me. He's never promised you another day. Amen. I wish I could tell you, hey, you got another day. Don't worry about it. Just keep on keeping on. You don't know. Lord willing. Lord willing, you got another day, but that's Lord willing. See, the trust is not in man. It's not in my physical strength or health. It's got to be in the Lord God. And the Bible says it's bad news when you start putting your trust in physical flesh. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24 says about flesh. He says, all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as a flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof faileth away. It falleth away. Hey, that's man. Uh, we're so weak, but we think we're so strong. I think some of the most amazing things to me is, is uh, I grew up as a, as a kid growing up, I watched a lot of wrestling on TV. Uh, Devon Eriks and uh, a lot of these old-time wrestlers. And I, I mean, I thought they, they were, they'd come out, and they, those guys were so big and so strong. So as I got to, you know, I'm getting in my late 40s, I'm like, well, I want to go back. I want to find out what those wrestlers are doing. Man, they were bodybuilders. They were so big. And I'd see, I'd go on YouTube, and I'll look up one of their names or something. Can't look up any of the Von Erics. Almost every one of them are dead. There's only one of them alive. But when you go look at some of these old wrestlers that come out, man, they were so jacked up. Man, they looked like Hercules or something, just big old muscles. You go look on YouTube and find them right now. Now they're just skinny as me right now. I guess that's what drugs do for you. They pump you up, little steroids or whatever. But you know what? You can't trust in your health. You can't trust in your health, not one bit. There's a, there's a fool in the Bible that Jesus Christ describes in Luke chapter 12 where the fool says he looks at all his goods, he looks at all the land he has, and he says, you know what, I'm going to eat and drink and be merry because look at what all I have. And then God says to him, he says, Thou fool, tonight thy soul is required of thee. God took him that night. So many people, I don't know how many stories I have of people saying, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And the next thing I know, they're in the hospital and a week later they're dead in a grave. You can't put your trust in your physical strength or your power. You're cursed. You're cursed to do that. Amen. How many of us have decided, I know some of us have decided, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to go on vacation, and then I'm going to get this done, and I'm going to get that done. And who never knew that an invisible virus would come in and scare everybody half to death, Amen. and we'd be quarantined. Who knew that we would have to trust in just taking our trust to get out to church and, and putting our lives in our own hands just to go to church and our own government turn on us because of us wanting to serve the Lord? Just the way the Lord's... Who knew that? I never knew it. I didn't see it coming. But here we are. You can't trust in man. If you trust in man to give you the liberty to preach, to give you the liberty to go to church, man, if you trust in man to give you that, man's the one that can take it away. Don't put your trust in man. Don't put your trust in the government. Put your trust in God. Say, I'm going to let God take that away from me. I'm going to let God take that away from me. Thou fool, thou soul is required of thee tonight. They turn toilet paper into rolled gold. 
That's what it is. It's amazing. People at work, I hear people talk about work like they used to talk about beer. Yeah, I, just, I, I found some over here at Dollar General. I found some over here. Did you know United has, I found some at also for $2.50. They talk about toilet paper like, it's their, like they're going out getting beer every night or something like that. It's amazing. Well, the Lord's done that. You can't put your trust in man. Don't put your trust in strength and power. God says, I got some bad news for you. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Amen. There it is right there. You're cursed when you let your heart depart from the Lord. When you start trusting in your own heart, God says you're cursed. Cursed be the man that trusts in your own heart. Proverbs 28, 26 says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Amen. Amen. Is a fool. Is a fool. You know, J.C. Penney, uh, the famous J.C. Penney, uh, when I was growing up, we always went to J.C. Penney buy all our clothes and everything. J.C. Penney almost became a grocery man. He was this close. He was just this close to becoming a grocery man. He worked at a grocery store when he was uh, growing up, and he loved the grocery business. He was really getting into it, and he loved the guy he was working for, and he went home, and he was sitting at the table with his dad, and he told his dad, you know what? This guy, he's really foxy. My, my, the owner of that grocery store, he's so smart. He said that this, uh, this uh, owner, what he would do was he would take uh, uh, good quality coffee, and he'd take bad quality coffee, low quality coffee, and he'd take some of that low quality coffee, and he was mixing it in there with the good quality coffee, so he'd have a whole lot more good quality coffee, and he was selling that for the same price, and J.C. Penney was at home with his dad and mom at the dinner table telling them this and saying, he's so smart, and he was laughing about it, he's making so much money, he's getting so many profits by doing that, and his dad just got this stern look on his face, and he said, Jim, if a man was selling to your grocery store owner, doing, selling him something he said was high quality, but it was really in reality low quality. Do you think he'd be laughing about it? Do you think he would think he was foxing, he, just being foxy? And Jim, J.C. Penney said, well, no, sir, I guess not. I never thought about it that way. He goes, tomorrow I want you to go up there and I want you to tell that man you're not going to work for him no more. To pay you out, you're done. You're not working for him anymore. <laughs> His dad told him to quit, and he did. He quit. And, of course, we know what happened to J.C. Penney became one of the most wealthy men in America. But the point is, J.C. Penney's heart was being deceived. Amen. His heart, your heart will deceive you into thinking you're doing the right thing when you're not. Amen. Look at verse 9. Jeremiah 17, 9. Look at verse 9, same chapter. Look down at verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Put a star by that verse. Underline that verse. Highlight that verse. Circle that verse. If you have to do it, rip that verse out of your Bible and put it on your refrigerator. You need to know this verse. Let's read it again. The heart is deceitful above how many things? All things. Amen. Your heart is deceitful. And when you start trusting in your feelings, when you start trusting in your heart to lead you and to guide you, it will take you down to a devil's hell. Amen. Amen. Listen, the root of our salvation, the root of our salvation is not our feelings, it's our faith. Amen. The root of our salvation in Jesus Christ is not our feelings, it's our faith. Do you think I wake up every morning thinking I'm saved? Do you think I wake up every morning going, oh, glory to God, this is a wonderful morning. Oh, the birds are kissing the morning, dude. You know, oh, and you're singing, glory, glory to the Lord. You ask my wife well, how I wake up sometimes. Sometimes I wake up and I'm ready to fight somebody. I'm mad. I don't always feel like a Christian. I don't always feel like I'm going to do the right thing. And I don't always do the right thing. But there's one thing I know, that my faith is where my root is. 
My faith in Jesus Christ is my salvation. It's not my feelings. And I praise the Lord for that. I praise the Lord for that. You might wake up every morning, you'd be like me, and you don't feel like you're a child of a king. But I'm still a child of a king. Amen. I'm still a child of a king. Amen. Trusting your heart or feelings to judge something, that is right, whether it's right or wrong, is deceptive. When you start trusting your heart, say, uh, you know, I, in my heart, I feel like this is right. In my, in my heart, I feel like this is wrong. You're deceiving yourself. Why do you, why do you say that, Brother Keegan? Because my, my Bible says right there, the heart is deceitful of all, all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Your heart will deceive you. So many people, I'm talking to Christians, not to the law. So many Christians, they use their heart to judge what's right or wrong. Amen. And they say, well, I just think it's right. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say about a certain subject? Well, I, but I just, Brother Keegan, I just feel like it's right. Do you realize how wicked that is? Say, well, what do you mean? Well, what happens when you wake up and you just feel like it's wrong? Amen. Sometimes you do. You wake up and you say, no, I changed my mind on that. I don't think that's right. <laughs> then you're the final authority. The Bible is the final authority. Man, if I ever have to stand before a judge, and I hope that the Lord forbid I do, uh, but if I ever have to stand before a judge, I hope it's not a judge that uses his own whims to judge me. I hope he uses the law. Yeah. Amen. He says, okay, we were just reading it. Uh, brother was just reading the First Amendment before we got going here. First Amendment says I have the right to assemble myself together as a church. And if I stand before a judge and they try to convict me, I'm, I, wanna, I want my lawyer to plead the First Amendment and say, this guy here is an American citizen, and it, by, according to the First Amendment, he has a right to serve the Lord any way he chooses. You can't get into his assembly. Amen. And now that's been holding up. They've been going after them, and they've been going after these governors in Mississippi and Kentucky and Kansas, and they've been winning in the courts. You know why they've been winning? Because we have judges that say, I'm looking at the law. It's the final authority. My democratic opinion says they shouldn't be getting together. I think they're stupid for getting together, but my opinion doesn't count. My heart doesn't count. What does the law say? And the law says they have a right to do it. Amen. And they should be able to do it. Now, that's a judge I want. I don't want a judge to say, well, I know what the law says, but it's just not right. And we've had judges like that. And we've been, they've been called out for it. And you see them on Fox News. You've seen them on CNN. You've seen them on there. And they're wicked. They're wicked judges. Amen. What makes them so wicked, Brother King? Because they're using their own heart. And we know the heart will deceive you. Amen. You can't trust it. It just feels right. It just feels right. Well, it doesn't feel right for me to love my enemies. You think it feels right to love my enemies? But that's what the Lord tells me to do. <laughs> the Lord tells me, love your enemies. And I tell the Lord all the time, Lord, it don't feel right. But my heart, I know, is deceitful. And it's desperately wicked. And who can know it? Nobody can know it. I can't even know it. You can't trust your own heart. So the cursed be the man that trusteth in the man that maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Final thing I want to say about this before we move on. Trust in the scriptures as your final authority and you'll never go wrong. Amen. That's where you trust. You put your trust in the word of God. Put your trust in here. Amen. Here's the good news. We got the bad news. Now let's go on to the good news. I like the good news. Look at verse 7. Here's the good news. Blessed. Blessed is the man. Now you're cursed. But now you can be blessed. Here's the good. You got the bad news. Here's the good news. Blessed is a man, verse 7. Blessed is a man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
That's the blessed man. Well, who's the blessed man? The good news is, trust in the Lord and you will be blessed. Just put all your trust in the hope and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, when I did that as a young man, I put all my hope and trust in Jesus Christ. I didn't even actually know what I was doing. I just knew that I was a sinner. I knew that Jesus Christ was a Savior, and I knew He was resurrected. I knew He died for my sins, and I said, you know what? That's a pretty good deal. I think I'll take that because I know I'm a sinner going to hell, and I knew I was going to hell. And when I walked down the aisle of the church and I put my hand in the preacher's hand, I said, you know, I want to get saved. I was saved before I walked down that aisle. I was saved there in the pew. My heart, my heart, I'd give my heart over to Jesus Christ. Amen. And my heart's desperately wicked. I had to just give it over to him. Amen. And he came in and dwelt in me. And I, I, I put my hope and trust in him. And I've never been the same. Amen. Best thing I ever did. You know, uh, there's all kinds of stories of people not putting their trust in the Lord. And as Christians, we can, uh, we can tend to be that way. We can tend to forget to trust in the Lord. Uh, one of the famous stories is Martin Luther. He was a start, started the Lutheran movement, the Reformation. He started the Reformation movement. Well, he got kind of down. He got to where he wasn't trusting the Lord. He got to where he was just, he felt like the Lord wasn't there. And uh, he just said, where's the Lord? He was doing all this. And one day, he's at his table and he looks up and here comes his wife down the stairs. His wife's dressed in complete black, head to toe. And he said, what are you doing dressed all in black? And she's, oh, haven't you heard? And he looked at her and he said, what are you talking about? He goes, haven't you heard? She said, God is dead. Oh and she walked out and walked through. He got the point that she was trying to make. He was living his life like God was dead. God isn't dead. <laughs> We put a trust in the Lord that's alive forevermore. And sometimes as Christians, the world's getting us from this end, and some something, something else is maybe health, finances, whatever's getting us from this end, and we're just we're like we're in this storm of life, and we, we forget that the Lord is still there. The Lord is still moving. We can still trust in the Lord. The Lord God is not dead. He's alive forevermore. And sometimes we can get to where we don't trust in the Lord. But if you'll just put your trust in the Lord, the best way you know how the Lord says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Amen. 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 You know, when a poor man uh, goes to beg, he doesn't go to another poor man to beg. We're talking about not trusting in man. When a poor man goes to beg, he doesn't go to another poor man to beg. When a prisoner wants to get a pardon, he don't go to another prisoner looking for a pardon. No, sir. When a drowning man is drowning, he don't go to another drowning man looking for a rope. You don't trust another man. When you need a Savior, you don't go to another man to be your Savior. When you, when you need your sins cleared, the sins that you have before God, you don't go to another man to ask Him to clear those sins. Amen. Amen. Where do you go, Pastor? You go to God. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, dear Heavenly Father, will you please forgive me of my sins in the name of Jesus Christ, and He'll wipe those sins away. Amen. But you've got to go to Him. You don't put your trust in man. You don't put your trust in the church. You don't put your trust in a denomination. You don't put your trust in the Pope. You don't put your trust in the government. You put your trust in the man, Jesus Christ. Why do you put your trust in the man, Jesus Christ? Because that man, Jesus Christ, He's not only the Son of Man, He's the Son of God. Amen. That's the difference. He's the Son of Man so He can reach down and touch Keegan. He's the Son of God so He can reach up and touch God. And He can take both our hands and put them together and make us at one minute. That's what Jesus Christ can do because He's not only the Son of Man, Adam, He's the Son of God. God manifests in the flesh. 
Stuff's so important. So when you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not just putting your trust in a man, you're putting your trust in God to take care of you. And the Bible says, blessed is that man, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Amen. Don't trust a man, he can't save you. There's two different ways to go to heaven. Really, there's only one way to go to heaven through Jesus Christ, but there's, there's two different classes of going. Like you're on an airplane, that's the way, Jesus Christ. He's the way to heaven. But when you go in there, you can either go first class or second class. You either go first class or second class. This is what Dwight O. Moody used to preach. You either can go first class to heaven or you can go second class to heaven. Nobody wants to go second class. Nobody wants to be sit there crammed up in the back of the airplane. Nobody wants to be first class. And he says this is the way you do it. The first class or the second class people, they go to heaven in this way. Let me read it to you. Let me read it to you. He says that in Isaiah 12, 2, I will trust and not be afraid. You can travel first class or second class. Second class is what time I am afraid I will trust. So second class Christians, the way they get to heaven is that everything goes along. They don't trust in the Lord. But when everything, they start getting afraid, then they start trusting in the Lord. When things start getting bad, then they start trusting in the Lord. Like around 9-11. You know, the last time we had something like this going on in this country was around 9-11. And I remember, and uh, it was around, well, yeah, it was around Y2K, 9-11. I remember being over at Victory Baptist Church with Brother Packer, and I remember him bringing me over to the side, and he said, hey, look at this, brother. Man, that church was packed. Man, that church was packed. And so many people were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen in the world. That church was packed. And he said, see this wall right here, Keegan? I said, yes, sir. He said, we're going to tear this wall down. We're going to expand. We're going to put more pews out here. And he was serious. He's ready to start expanding the church. That church was packed. People were so scared. And then everything went away. Everything calmed down. The world didn't come to an end, right? I mean, the computers didn't go wacko. The, the nuclear missiles didn't go off. Like everybody was afraid. People, oh, so many people were afraid. Everything calmed down, and then slowly the church dwindled away. People stopped coming. And then you just had a few people there. And then you just had the regular people there. And they started trusting in man again. Amen. They started trusting in man. They, and even Christians stopped. Got, some Christians got out of church, stopped coming to church. They started getting into heaven second class. They were going to heaven second class. Well, I want to go to heaven first class. First class way to heaven is I will trust and be, I will, I will trust in the Lord and not be afraid. Amen. I will always trust in the Lord. And me trusting the Lord will not make me afraid. That's, that's going first class. That's going first class into heaven. First class into heaven. You know another story about going first class into heaven and trusting in the Lord? There was a crew, and this is a true story. They were working on a, a, a road, and they come up there to work on the road, and they were trying to widen up the road, and they came to this tree. And it wasn't a very big tree, but in this tree there was a robin's nest. And the foreman came up, and he seen that robin's nest, and he told his people, he told his guys, he said, you know what? Just leave that tree, because I could see there was a robin there nesting on that, on that nest. And they said, just leave the tree, leave the bird alone. We don't have to take this thing down for a while. We'll come back and get it. So they came back later on. When they came back later on, there was a... There were the little birds just up there chirping. All the little bee birdies up there chirping. And here comes the mom, and they was feeding the little birdies. And the, and the men were watching it. And the, and the foreman said, you know what? They're still up there. Let's just leave that. We can get this tree at last. We'll just leave that tree. Then later on, at the very end of the project, they came back, and the nest was empty, the family was grown, and they all flew out. And he said, okay, guys, let's take that tree down. One of the guys, they started cutting on that tree, and they looked up in the nest, and there was this little white piece of paper up at the bottom of that nest. 
And one of the men climbed up the bottom of that nest and they grabbed that little piece of paper and he said, hey boss, look at this. And on this piece of paper was a Sunday school card. And the Sunday school card said, we will trust in the Lord. Jesus Christ said, you're more important than the birds. Jesus Christ said, if God will take care of the birds, the fowls of the air, how much more will he take care of you? Amen. Sometimes we forget just to, you know what, whatever's happening in my life, I'm just going to keep on trusting in the Lord. Amen. I can't explain it. I know sometimes it looks really bad. We're in a storm, but I'm going to keep trusting in Amen. the Lord. You know, something was shown to me that's pretty amazing to me. I think about... Jesus Christ and that storm, which was a storm of life, came up, a literal storm, literal storm of life, and he was down in the bottom of the boat sleeping. Y'all know the story. And the disciples there, Peter was there, and they went and woke, woke Jesus up and said, hey, we're about to drown, wake up. And Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith. And he got up, and being the Son of God, he said, be ye calm and be ye still. And the sea waves calmed down, the storm went away, and they were all amazed. This is the power of God in this man. This man, Jesus Christ. But he slept while the storms of life were going. And I was reading the story of Peter. Peter was arrested. James had just had his head cut off. There's Peter laying in a prison, arrested. He's got a guard on both sides. It's a storm of life. He's about to get his head cut off. Peter's about to get his head cut off. And the church is praying for him. All the church is outside the prison. They're praying for him. You know what Peter was doing during all this? He was sleeping. The Bible says he was sleeping. He was so deep in the sleep that when the angel came to get him out, the angel had to kick him. Get up, Peter. Get up. Let's go. He was, he was so sound asleep. You know what that tells me about Peter? He was putting his trust in the Lord. And he said, well, I'm here. I might as well, might as well get some sleep. You know. Isn't that what Jesus Christ was doing, his Savior? Did he not learn that from the, best, from the best teacher, Jesus Christ? He learned that from his Savior, Jesus Christ. It don't matter what storms in life. He said, you know, I'm just going to get some sleep, just like my master did when he was at the bottom of that boat. There's something about trusting the Lord that if you can learn to put your trust, your whole trust in the Lord, you're going to be amazed what the Lord can do for you, with the grace he can give you, what he can get you through. But you've got to put your trust in the Lord if you want to be blessed. If you put your trust in man, you're going to be cursed. You're going to be cursed. You're going to be cursed. Look at verse 8. We're going to close out. Verse 8. What happens when a man puts his trust in the Lord? Verse 8, the Lord describes him. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. There's that tree planted by the waters. Do you know that you're a tree in Jesus Christ? Amen. You know the Bible describes tree, that men are like trees? You know what God wants to do with the tree? He doesn't want to cut you down. You know what he wants to do with the tree? He wants to see a tree produce fruit. That's what he's looking for. And Jesus Christ gave us warnings through the scriptures. And Luke, he said, there was a tree that didn't produce any fruit. The husbandman came along. The husbandman said, hey, this tree that's not producing fruit, cut it down. It's cumbering the ground. Get rid of it. And the keeper said, nay, nay, Lord, give me one more year. I'm going to put some, uh, some dung around it. I'm going to fertilize it. And then we'll see if we can get it going. And then if it doesn't produce any fruit, then we can cut it down. Well, that's a scary, scary parable. There's a Christian not producing fruit, Christian not doing anything for the Lord. Here comes the Lord. He says, hey, look at this Christian. He's no good. Just cut him down. And the Holy Spirit comes through, and the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 let me fertilize him. Give me a chance. Let me fertilize him. What did the, what did the groundskeeper do for the tree? He puts dung around that tree. 
So are Christians living their life? Everything seems to be going okay. They're trusting in man. They're trusting in the world. They're trusting in their own health. And all of a sudden, God says, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm not producing any fruit. And the Holy Spirit says, let me bring some dung into their life. I don't need to translate that for a modern, updated English, do I? So that dung comes into a person's life, that manure. And they start saying, what's going on here? And sometimes, by the grace of God, it leads them back into church. Sometimes by the grace of God leads them back into a good relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. But what God's trying to do, He's trying to produce fruit. Amen. He's trying to produce fruit. And Jesus Christ told him in John chapter 15, without me you can do nothing. Amen. So it's producing fruit through Jesus Christ. So ye shall be, look, well, look at here, for ye shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river. What is that, what is that waters right there? What if you're, what's a tree planted by the waters? Well, in the Bible, the waters is the Holy Spirit. The Bible is the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ said, Jesus Christ said, come unto me, and if you thirst, come unto me, and, you, and, and you'll have living waters. And what will flow out of your body, your belly? Rivers of living water, the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in John 7, that was the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. So when you're a tree... You're planted in the Holy Spirit and you're drawing your strength and you're drawing your nourishment from the Holy Spirit. That's what you'll be like when you put your trust in the Lord. Amen. Blessed is shall be he as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, the river of life. The river of life. I'm spreading my roots out by the river of life thanks to Jesus Christ. See, all this stuff is great. This stuff is wonderful. And shall not see when heat cometh. Does heat come on this tree? Oh, yeah. The storms of life come on this tree. The, the, heat, the heat waves come on this tree, but it doesn't touch the tree. It's still got, same, it's still got that same countenance. It's still got that same glow because it's planted by the rivers of water, that river of life. But her leaves shall be green. See, you got that. Oh, it's still one. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. Oh, everybody's running around. Oh, everybody's scared. Everybody's scared. You know who's usually the ones not scared is the Christians. I'm not scared. Now, I want to be safe, and I want everybody to be safe, but I'm not scared. I'm trusting in the Lord God. Amen. I put my trust in Jesus Christ. I put my I'm not putting my trust in a vaccine. I'm not putting my trust in the government. You're crazy to trust in them. I'm not put, I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've done that since I became a Christian, and it's been a real blessing. It's been a real blessing to me. And shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding, look at there, fruit. Amen. It's about the fruit. It's about the fruit. So the good news is, if you'll trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, put your trust in the Lord, and He's your hope, You'll be a tree like planted by rivers of water, a river of life, and you'll start producing fruit. Amen. You know what? That's what the Lord wants. He wants to see some fruit. Amen. Are you producing fruit? Are you like that fig tree? God, Jesus Christ, walking by and he sees that fig tree and he walks over there to get fruit and there's no fruit. There's no figs. What did Jesus Christ tell that tree? Cursed! Cursed! Cursed. Amen. And they came back through that way, and Peter says, Whoa, 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 look, Lord, that tree you cursed. It's already withered up. You better put your trust in the Lord. Amen. You better start doing what the Lord wants you to do, because He can come by your life, and He can see you and say, oh, I don't like what He's doing or she's doing. Cursed. Amen. 
cursing. And I'm talking to Christians right now. I'm talking to Christians. You're going to sit, sit back there and not do nothing for the Lord? You're not going to produce any fruit? You think there's nothing important about doing something for the Lord? You don't think you're created for good works in Jesus Christ? You think you can just be a Christian, sit on a couch and not do nothing for the Lord? The Lord comes by and says, you know what? I'm going to start planting dung in your life. And I want to start seeing some fruit. Or you're cumbering the ground. How many Christians has the Lord took home early? Because they're just not doing nothing for him. You know what's so easy for me as a preacher with a congregation to pray for my people? It's the easiest thing in the world because they're serving the Lord. <laughs> Said, Lord, keep them off that bed of affliction so they can keep serving you. Amen. That's the easiest thing. Lord, honor what they've done for you in years past where they mowed the grass, they vacuumed the church, they, they, they've, they've loved on your missionaries that came in, Lord. They've witnessed to people. They've led people to Jesus Christ. Lord, honor all the stuff they've done for you. It's so easy as a pastor to pray for a church that's got good, Bible-believing people, Christians that are trying to produce fruit. It's the hardest thing when I have a Christian. I know he's a Christian. I know she's a Christian. And they come to me and say, pray for me, Brother Keegan. And I look at their life and I say, man, I don't know how to pray for you other than the Lord to show you grace because you don't have any kind of fruit. I don't ever see you in church. I don't ever see you talking, uh, talking about the Lord. I don't ever see you witnessing for Jesus Christ. I, I don't see you carrying a Bible. I, I'll be honest with you. It makes you wonder if they're even Christians. Amen. Isn't that sad? That if they were to took to court, I don't know if they'd even be convicted of being a Christian in a court of law. <laughs> Would there be enough evidence? I don't know. Amen. It's sad. It shouldn't be that way. But it is. Good news and bad news. Which do you want first? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, if there's somebody in the sound of my voice, Father, they can't think of a time that they've received Jesus Christ as Lord, Lord and Savior, Father, I just pray, Lord, you speak to the heart right now. Your Holy Spirit will come in, Father God, and convict them, lead them, Lord God, that know that they can just bow their head, Lord God, and turn their heart over to you, Lord God, and pray a prayer knowing that you're alive, that you were buried, and on the third day came up, Lord, and they know that Jesus Christ, that, Father, they know that Jesus Christ died for their sins, Lord. And Father, I just pray if, they, if they, they know this stuff and they're willing to bow down and pray to you, asking, them to, asking you to save them, Lord God, the best way they know how, Lord, I know you'll save them. That's how you did me, and I thank you, Father, for doing that. And Lord, I pray, Lord, for any Christian, that's feeling convicted right now, Lord, because they're not doing nothing for you. Lord, I just pray, Father, you'll come in through the Holy Spirit, Lord God, and give them something to do, Lord God. Show them through, the, through your Spirit, Lord, what they can do, Father, and give them the grace, give them the strength, Lord God. Father, maybe they're on a bed of affliction right now, Lord God, and Father, I just pray that you give them grace to bear what they're going through, Lord God, and Father, I pray, Lord, that any Christian, Lord, that's dealing with the dung that you brought into their life, Lord God, that they can recognize what it is, and Lord, just turn back to you and repent and get right, Lord God. But Father, I know not every time that's uh, you're, you're doing, Lord God, to Get them right, Lord. Sometimes you just do it to get the glory. Sometimes the storms in our life, Lord God, just come in for us to just keep glorifying you, Lord God, like Job. The, even though we're dealing with it, Lord, we're going to keep on trusting you. Even though you slayed me, yet I will trust in him, Lord. We know these verses to be true, Lord. Thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives, Lord God. And I just want to thank you for saving me. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. 
The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him